It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about why SGA deserves to be in the All-Star game. We're going to do another Stockwatch Friday. And the Blue announced their roster and their schedule for this upcoming season in the G League bubble in Disney World. We'll also preview tonight's game against the Brooklyn Nets in Oklahoma City as the team returns home. They take on Brooklyn to kick off this home stand. And so today, the All-Star Game voting opened up. And it was fun. It was fun to see uh, the... The interaction between every fan base uh, and trying to get their guy into the All-Star game. But I think that with the Thunder, you're really looking at at one player, and that's SGA. Lou Dort has had a really great season, and he deserves credit, but he does not have the ability to be an All-Star this year. But who does and who should be an All-Star this year is SGA. SGA has been phenomenal this year, and he continues to impress night in and night out. And what he's able to do on this team is special. So throughout this season, he's played in 17 games so far. And in 12 of those 17 games, he's gotten you 20 plus points and seven plus assists. In 11 of those 17 games, he's gotten you five plus rebounds. He is shooting 50% from the floor, 37% from beyond the arc, both of which are career high right now. He is shooting 61% on the true shooting percentage. He is 25th in the NBA in free throw attempts, and that's the big one. That is how you start to elevate your game. That is how you separate yourself from a good player to an all-star player. It's getting to the line. And you have to assume that throughout this all-star campaign, which starts today and will go through March, Throughout this time, he's going to start knocking down those free throws. He, he had a good free throw shooting night uh, against the Suns, and that can carry into momentum moving forward. He had a rocky start to start the season at the line, but he's getting to the line, and getting to the line is the hardest part. Now he has to knock them down. I think he will, and so that'll bump his scoring up even more than what it already is. SGA is 13th in assists per game, and that is a, a, good, a good stat in and of itself, you know, being top 15. But he's also 8th in the NBA in potential assists. Now, I understand why this stat, potential assists, gets kind of ridiculed. I understand the flaws in potential assists. But I think it does a good job of telling the story of this season for Shea, where he's had so many times throughout this year where he sets up his teammates perfectly and they just don't knock down their shot. 
and he's left empty-handed, despite generating good looks for guys and playmaking and really getting his guys open with his playmaking ability. Not just finding the open man, but finding the open man and creating an open man with what he's doing on the ball. And so I think that that's important to note, that he's eighth in the NBA in potential assists. He's a two-win shares player, and as I said last night at the end of the show, I understand that this award, accolade, whatever, is an all-star award, and it's an all-star accolade to where it's only about the individual person. But when you put into context the team that Shea is working with, the team that Shea is working on, the effort level Shea is giving each and every night, when you put into context that this team was supposed to be the worst in basketball, it lost Chris Paul, it's not going to win clutch games, but you look up and Shea has this team at a respectable record. And that's so important to me uh, to just show what he's meant to this team because he has been clutch. He's, he has stepped in for Chris Paul. I mean, he outdueled Chris Paul in the clutch last night. He's been the guy to hit the game winner in Charlotte. He's been the guy that is the sole purpose of a 22-point comeback, and and the only reason you got that game two overtime to eventually win the game was because of Shea's driving ability. He has been the the guy that puts this team on his back to get to the point where they're at right now record-wise, which is much better than anyone expected. And I think that with Shea, you know, all, all that he's done to this point is great, I think that he still has not reached his ceiling for this season yet. I think that there's still more room for him to grow even within this season because I think that we're seeing him grow into that aggressive role. The last week, he's been playing much more aggressive and hunting his shots and getting to his spots so much better than he was at the start of the year. You're seeing him last night take those step backs either in the mid-range or beyond the arc. He loves to go to that step back move. You're seeing him attack the rim and get fouled. And, And he's feeling more comfortable being a little bit more selfish, and that's what he needs to do. Selfish is not always a bad term. You know, Shea is the kind of player that you'd rather have Shea take a good shot than Shea pass it to a teammate for a great shot, especially when, if we're going to be honest with each other, the kind of teammates that he has around him. And Shea will never be the guy that just jacks up shots and is totally inefficient. It's why his numbers are as high as they are. But... He needs to find that balance, and he's doing so right now. He's finding that balance in himself to be the leader, to be the go-getter, and also keep his teammates involved. And I think that that's why you're seeing this offense start to turn the corner a little bit, especially these last couple of games. Now, did they have a lot of help in these last games? You know, you can make the argument they did with no Devin Booker, but that doesn't really matter on the defensive end. Shea would have still done what Shea did last night with or without Devin Booker playing. Uh, you know, same thing with CJ McCollum. I mean, is CJ really going to shut down SGA? I, I don't think so. But to dive into that assist that more, SGA is averaging 6.5 assists per game, but his potential assists per game are 14.2. That is a massive drop off, and, and you're typically going to have a big drop off, but, you know, that is leaving a ton to be desired from his teammates around him. He is top 16 in assist points created, and he has done more than what you could have ever expected from him. I, I say that a lot, but you know, coming into this year, there was legitimate questions about if Shea could be, if Shea could be a, a lead guard, if he can be a point guard, and, and how would this go? And should the Thunder bring in a point guard? 
uh, you know, what is this experiment even going to end up being? And, and that the Thunder were playing with house money because, you know, he's obviously not going to be a point guard, but you can keep him happy by letting him play that role this year. And he's silenced all of that. And he's been a much better playmaker than I think anyone has given him credit for, you know, going back two months ago. I mean, two months ago, nobody would have expected this efficiency, both shooting and playmaking from him, from him that we've seen so far in this season. And I think that you're even seeing that in the turnover numbers. I mean, in his first year as the lead guard, right, his third year in the NBA, and in this third year, his role has now changed for the third straight season. His turnover numbers have only leaped up one turnover per game from where it was a year ago, where it was two years ago. Now, one more turnover a game is not that big of a deal whenever you factor in the usage change and you factor in the role change. I think that that's just another mark in his favor of him taking this role and running with it. Now, it's incredibly hard to be a all-star in general, but it's especially hard to be an all-star within the Western Conference. So we'll see what he does as a, as a Western Conference guard. That could be the big knock against him, is that there are just so many players who will have the recognition, who will have the hype, and who will have the seniority that you're going to plug in over him. But make no mistake about it, SGA is an all-star, and he's playing at an all-star caliber level right now. He is being so impactful to his team, and he is doing a lot with not that much around him, to be completely honest. And he deserves your all-star vote. And you can do that by going to NBA.com. You can also vote not only on NBA.com, but on Twitter, uh, using the hashtag ShayGiddesAlexander, along with hashtag NBAAllStar. And then you can retweet every tweet that says that, and it'll count for more and more votes for SGA. Uh, That's all explained on Twitter, both my Twitter and the Thunder Twitter, uh, for anyone who didn't know how to vote on Twitter. You used to be able to tell your listening device to to vote for the All-Star Game. I don't think you can do that anymore, but that is a feature that they should bring back. But I remember you could do that for like one season. It was really cool. But let me know what you think. I mean, do you think Shea's an All-Star? Do you think that he deserves a spot as an All-Star reserve for the Western Conference? I mean, it's a very tough conference, so I can understand if you didn't feel that way, but I feel as though he has a very compelling case and has one that is pushed over the ledge of him being an All-Star. You can let me know your feedback on SGA being an All-Star on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can also email the show if you don't have Twitter lothunderpod at gmail.com. There are always ways to get involved with this show. You should get involved with betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is happening a week from Sunday. You can bet on all the prop bets. You can bet on the spread, the over-under, the money line for the big game with our good friends over at betonline.ag. You can pick my Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, whoever you think will win the contest, go over there and pick that game. There's also lines for college hoops, for the NBA, for future MLB bets, who's going to win the World Series this year, who's going to win each division this year, who's going to have the most wins in the the season, and all that fun stuff at betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and get our promo code locked on into the promotion box and they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. Personally, I've already went and bet on the Chiefs minus three and a half. I think that they're going to roll in this Super Bowl coming up uh, next Sunday. So that's a lot of fun. Join me over there. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts.
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You need to get more of the sport news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaks down all the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sport news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast from. It's a great way to start your morning. It gets you up to speed with everything happening around the sport landscape. They do a great job. It's been a fantastic listen this first week and will only continue to grow. So get on, get in on that uh, wherever you get your podcast from. I want to now take you to the stock market and let's do some NBA stock watch for the Thunder and the NBA as a whole. I promise we will not be buying any GameStop stock today. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. It is Friday. The stock market is open, and we're going to start with Isaiah Roby. Uh, there's some questions around his stock as how Horford returns. And now Horford, against the Suns, had the second best Three-point shooting night in Thunder history, going five for five. Behind, you guessed it, Karan Butler in 2014 went six for six. So, you know, Isaiah Roby, I understand uh, the concern. He's no longer in that starting lineup where he thrived. He's no longer getting uh, that starting level minutes and playing alongside the likes of SGA. But I'm not concerned. I understand against the Suns, his Role was reduced to under 10 minutes. He did not look the same with that second group. I do think that that's an outlier. I do think that that bench unit right now, with tail mouth on starting and George Hill not even there at all, that it becomes more wacky than it will be once it levels out and George Hill returns either tonight or whenever he's able to come back to the fold. I'm still buying Isaiah Roby's stock. I think that he can simply do you know, what he did as a starter only on the bench and I think that moving him to the bench, much like Teo Maldon, will actually help things because it's not a knock on either player. I think that the bench gets a lot better with Teo Maldon on the bench because he is able to be that facilitator and score that the second unit really needs. I mean, again, these lineups without George Hill where Teo is promoted to the, to the starting group, they really only have Diallo as a ball handler. and He needs some help, and, and so Maldon could help that as he moves down to the bench unit whenever it is George Hill can return. And so... With Roby moving back down there as well, it can lift Roby to the power forward position offensively, and I think that that can really open up his game. Mike Muscala offensively can continue to play that center position, continue to be that trailer on plays, continue to be that stretch five, and then Roby can fit more into that dunker slot as a four, and it can really open up his game. I'm not out on him after one bad game on the bench. Again, that was not a typical bench game. That's not what you're going to see each and every night. I'm still buying stock on Isaiah Roby. Now, Al Horford, on the other hand, 
His stock is trending upwards after that Suns game where he goes 5-for-5, five five, his first game back with the group after the birth of his child. And I'm buying it. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do with stocks, so I don't really care if it's up or down and I'm going to buy it or sell it, whatever. I think that it's right to be on the upward swing because I think that he's finally gotten comfortable within this system. He talked about how even after the birth of his child, he was not just sitting at home with his family. Uh, along with being with his family, he's also going to the gym every day and working out in the weight room, working out on the court, being tested for COVID every single day, staying in rhythm, staying in routine. And he mentioned that throughout all that process, he was also working on getting more comfortable with the offense and, and the, the offensive schemes and, and concepts. And I think that it showed that he looked way more comfortable playing his role in Phoenix than in other games. Now, those shots going down certainly help that. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go five for five from three, you're going to look more comfortable than in typical years. But I think that, you know, one thing about it is he really embraced that stretch five role against the Suns. And you can really count almost on one hand how many times he posted up in that game. I think that that's great for his own game to not be in that post up, face up kind of role. It's also great for everyone else's game on the floor. And he looks more comfortable with the style of play that he's being uh, asked to do in Oklahoma City. Now, the next one on the list is Alexei Pukashevsky. I am buying stock in Poku because he looks more comfortable. Now, I really don't want to take this year or even next year. We've talked about this before with draft experts and things like that. But this year and even next year, I'm not too concerned about anything negative that he does. I think it's just too early to evaluate him. But there's no mistaking that yesterday against Phoenix... And Monday against Portland, he looked way more comfortable than he did his first game in the NBA, which is to be expected. But I say that and point that out because you'd rather that happen where you can see his evolution and you can see his confidence be gained in real time than the opposite, right? To where he doesn't improve at all. I mean, remember that preseason game, his first action where he is just anytime the ball is even touching his fingertips. It is up in the air and it's a shot. He doesn't do that anymore. He's cut down. He's been more selective and he's playing his role more. And you love that on the court. And then off the court, you can tell that there's a swagger about him. There's a confidence about him. He was asked about his poor shooting numbers. And he simply said, look, I know I can shoot. My teammates, they know I can shoot. My coaches, they know I can shoot. The shots are eventually going to fall. And that's what I've been saying all along. Whenever we had uh, Mavs draft on the podcast talking about this rookie class early on, it was like three weeks into the year. And I said, like, if Poku's shots were just falling even marginally better, if they were just going in the, in the hoop just a small percentage more than they are right now, we would be looking at him as, as a steal just as we are with Tail Maldon. But his shots weren't falling. And so it messes up the percentages. And so that, that kind of clouds your judgment. I think eventually those shots will fall. And eventually this percentage will look a lot better than it is. You're seeing it improve day over day and time over time and game over game. That's going to continue to happen all year long. And there's not a lot of negative about Poku. Like he's playing really good defense. He's utilizing his size very well. He's, he's doing everything he can and utilizing his advantages, utilizing that size, utilizing that length to alter shots. And you can talk about his size defensively, like how skinny he is, but he's letting guys back him down, sure. Like, he's getting taken to the to the cup by Chris Paul, sure. But once Chris Paul got to the cup, all Poku had to do was put his arm up 
and block the shot. Like he's that tall and using that length to where he's not trying to stand his ground and get a foul called. He's trying to just alter the shot, change the shot, and block the shot. And that's why he is the Thunder leader in blocks because he's just utilizing his size so well defensively. And then offensively, again, what is he doing wrong? Like, like what is Poku doing wrong besides the shots not falling? If we can all agree that he can shoot and we know it's true and that we know eventually the shots will go down, what is the next negative about him? Like, what, what's the other bad part of his game? Because even nowadays, those shots aren't bad shots he's taking. And, and you saw him against Phoenix, which was, which was interesting, drive the ball more, which was something we haven't seen before. Uh, and if he adds that to his game, I think that that can be a big deal for him. But, but in general, what is the big knock on Poku? He's making good decisions. He's making nice passes. Now, now, sometimes he gets a little crazy with the passes, but that's to be expected from a 19-year-old, the youngest player in the NBA. But in general, if I could just magically snap my fingers and have these percentages go up even a couple percentage points, what would you be concerned about with Poku? Why would you be sending him to the G League? Like, there's that's a lot of... That's kind of like the easy answer. Like, you look at Poku, right? He is, like, 90 pounds soaking wet, and he's 19 years old. Oh, he needs to go to the G League. He needs to go to the G League bubble. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. These NBA minutes are valuable. He's making the most out of them. He's improving minute to minute in the NBA. That's way better for him than going to the G League bubble. So if you do have concerns about Poku, I want to know what they are beyond just the shooting aspect. Because I think that we should all agree he's proven in his professional career, albeit in a bad league, that he can shoot. Watching him in warm-ups, he is constantly knocking down shots from the three-point line. Heck, from the logo, he was knocking him down that game against the Bulls on that Wednesday night uh, that I was at the peak. He can do it. He can shoot. They just need to fall in the game action, which eventually will happen. So I think that Poku should have stock going up. You should be buying stock in him, and you shouldn't really be concerned about him. There shouldn't be this rush to send him to the G League bubble. It'd be one thing if he wasn't getting any minutes, right? Like, he's, if he's getting zero minutes, then yeah, the, the, the bubble would be his best course of action, but he's already in the rotation, firmly in the rotation, I might add. He's more in the rotation than Isaiah Roby is, as we saw against the Suns, and I love Isaiah Roby. So, Poku's exactly where he should be. In fact, I would argue he's ahead of schedule at this point. Let's just continue to ride this out. This is a long-term play. Coming up, we're going to wrap up Stockwatch with Diallo, the 76ers, and Bradley Beal, as well as the Oklahoma City Blue announcing their roster and their schedule. But I do want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. That's right, 20% off your next order. These Built Bars are phenomenal. They're great for pre-workout. They're great for post-workout. They're even great as a meal replacement. They are just that filling. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. You will not want to miss out on what delicious Built Bar flavors they have. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream option. I want to tell you also that they are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Built Bar is a great snack for the health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Get them today at BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCKEDON and getting 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order.
This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from his teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts of this special by subscribing to Rejecting the Screen podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Both parts are extremely well done and fantastic listens if you want to take time this weekend uh, to hear about Kobe from just a mass amount of people uh, and just the stories that got told were phenomenal and truly stuff that you've never heard before. So check it out. We're rejecting the screen podcast wherever you get your podcast from right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, so on Stockwatch, we're going to continue with Diallo. And I'm buying stock in Diallo yet again this week. He had a massive game against the Suns that you have to just give him so much credit for because, again, he was in a lineup in which not only was he the lead ball handler, but he was surrounded by guys who literally cannot give him any relief in that aspect. I mean, Poku can a little bit, but even you know that's your second best option to dribble the basketball is Poku. That, that, that is not a recipe for success typically for Diallo. If I told you that lineup, of Diallo, Williams, Poku, Muscala, and Horford. Last November, you would have laughed off the face of the earth at the concept that they'd even roll that out there, much less that it would work. And it would provide valuable minutes that allowed your starters to come back in this contest down only two points. And it worked because Diallo played his role. It worked because Diallo didn't try to do too much. It worked because Diallo didn't start jacking threes and didn't start driving recklessly into the lane and stayed being efficient, stayed being poised and, and and decisive, as well as selective. That is something he's never done before in his NBA career. And he's doing that consistently this year. Sure, he has games here and there where he falls back into bad habits, but those are few and far between. It seems as though Diallo has turned the corner. I'm buying stock in Hamadou Diallo. The 76ers are the big hot team now. They just beat... The Lakers on a Tobias Harris buzzer beater of all people to, to hit the game-winning shot, it would be Tobias Harris. I am somebody who invested a ton of stock and a ton of investments into uh, the 76ers last year. You know, you get Josh Richardson, you get Al Horford, and I thought that 76ers team would be a really good team. I picked them to go to the NBA Finals last year. Obviously, that did not work out. Obviously, 
that was a a bad investment. That's why we do stock wash because I could have easily thrown that out last year and not kept track of it and then just kind of washed it away. But but I want to get you know what I'm buying and selling on, on record. I think it's a fun exercise to do. I was all in on Philadelphia last year, and it never panned out. But as the Bernie Sanders meme goes, I am once again buying stock in the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid is playing at an MVP level right now. Can he stay healthy? Who knows? We'll see if he can do that. But if he stays healthy, if Ben Simmons turns a corner, whatever you can get from Tobias Harris, you know he obviously had a good night against the Lakers. I think Doc Rivers is a really good coach for that group specifically. Now, I don't think that they're going to make the finals, right? I do not think that they're going to make the finals at all. But I think that they can be a challenger. Like I think that they can be a scrappy Eastern Conference team that for sure gets to round two. And then from there, they take whoever they play in round two to seven games. And then it's just a, a coin flip at that point. I mean, if you can get to game seven, anything's possible. But I think that they ultimately will not make the finals. But I would say that they're contenders for the Eastern Conference finals. And now Bradley Beal. The last one on the stock market is Bradley Beal. He's been having a heck of a week. The Wizards keep losing. Uh, Scott Brooks' seat gets hotter and hotter and hotter by the day. And Bradley Beal produces a sad meme every single day. There's always, after the game, a screen cap of just Bradley Beal looking absolutely distraught after Wizards wins, which is leading for some people to believe that he's going to ask for a trade eventually. Uh, I think that that is a safe bet, just given the history of the NBA. But but Bradley Beal has said all the right things about wanting to be a wizard and wanting to stay in Washington. We'll see if that lives up to uh, you know what he's saying in a couple of weeks. But you know he's saying the right things for now, and he's always throughout his career said the right things about being in Washington. And so I believe him that he's not going to ask for a trade. We can have go back and forth about if he should ask for a trade. But I think that he's going to give it this entire season in Washington. But at Kenny L. Moore, one asked, uh, is Bradley Beal worth altering the rebuild timeline and giving up some of our draft assets? My answer is no, since he can choose to be a free agent in the summer of 2022. Uh, but if you could guarantee more years, then maybe. Uh, look, the Thunder are going to be involved in every single trade opportunity for a guy like Bradley Beal. Anytime a player his caliber hits the open market, right, and demands a trade, requests out, you're going to have people throw out there that the Thunder are interested, no matter if it's true or not, because they're one of the only teams who have the uh, draft capital to do so, who have the ability to to get Bradley Beal without just absolutely destroying every bit of their future. But for Bradley Beal specifically, because again, you're going to be involved in all these trade discussions but for Beal, which seems to be the next one that, that's coming down the pipeline, I think that the Thunder should be out on this. It has nothing to do with Bradley Beal. It has everything to do with where the Thunder are at themselves. They're not in a position to where they should be making win-now moves, and Bradley Beal is a win-now move. Even if you grab Cade Cunningham, who is going to be a franchise-altering talent, and you add Cade Cunningham to SGA, Dort, Baisley, and you're able to draft, say, Jonathan Kaminga, like, that would be the absolute ceiling of what this draft can do. In fact, let's lower that down to Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green. That would be the absolute best you can do, right? If everything worked out perfectly, that, that Rockets pick is in fifth and your pick is in one. Even if that happened, you're going to be a playoff team, you know, playoff caliber team, 
but there's going to be growing pains and there's going to be difficulties and you're not ready to get over the hump just yet. You're in that 2009 stage of where this team was in 2009. That's not a stage in which you're, you're going to add a lot of pieces just yet. Not a Bradley Beal level piece. Now, come 2023, all of a sudden you can add whatever the best player is that's disgruntled because you're still going to have a treasure trove of draft picks. But Bradley Beal is not on the same wavelength as Oklahoma City. But the Oklahoma City Blue did announce their uh, roster and their schedule. They're going to go down to the G League bubble and take on teams including the Ignite. They're going to be the second team that plays the G League Ignite. That's, of course, the team that has all of the 2021 draft prospects on it. Uh, Isaiah Todd, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Deshaun Nix, all, all those guys are on that roster. Uh, you can check them out. Every single Blue game will be on television in some way, uh, most of which will be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, some will be on ESPNU. You know, one will be on ESPNU. Two will be on NBA TV. So that's how you find all the games. Uh, their first game will come on February 11th against the Salt Lake City team at 10.30 Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the G League Ignite game will happen on the 12th of February at 2 p.m. Central Time. The roster for the Oklahoma City Blue is Moses Brown, Ontavius Cleveland, Rob Edwards, Vincent Edwards, Melvin Frazier Jr., Josh Hall, Jalen Horde, uh, Vitt, Chasen Randall, Zaire Simpson, Ryan Woodridge, Wood, Woodridge and then Homier Yort 7. Uh, Yort 7, big name from training camp. A lot of you liked Yort 7. This is your chance to watch him. He'll be on uh, TV a lot, especially some daytime games there. To take in some afternoon basketball. Uh, again, Josh Hall and Moses Brown are on the roster because they're two-way players. Uh, no clear, no clue right now if they're going to be assigned to the bubble or not. Uh, as we get closer, I'm sure we'll know more as we move into February next week. We'll be back to recap the Nets game. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. This week we've done a lot, so go back and listen to any episodes that you have missed. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll see you with a recap of the Nets game. Be good and be good to one another. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.